Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4a, the call of Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. This is the word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. As we began our Lenten journey last week, we listened once again to the story of what we refer to as the fall. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden tree, fruit of the forbidden tree, bringing sin into the world. It is a monumental event in human history. Everything changed for us in that moment. God had created everything, including human beings, and had called it good. Man and woman worked together with God in creation. They had a perfect relationship with their creator, and life was just as God had created it. Good. When they faced the temptation to trust in themselves instead of God and took that fateful first bite of the tree God had warned them about, that perfect life in the garden, walking with God, was finished. The relationship broken, they were cast out of the garden and now had to fend for themselves. While God was still watching out for them, it just couldn't be the same as it was before. Now, it would be hard to coax life out of the soil of the earth. Now, childbirth, bringing new life into the world, would come with pain. Life would be a struggle. But this is essentially what they chose, right? They wanted to make their own decisions, do everything for themselves, and be their own gods. They got what they wanted. In taking hold of their freedom to choose, they lost their relationship and dependence on God. And that poor choice has been with all of humanity ever since. But what now? What will happen now that evil has made its way into the story of humankind? Well, if we read chapters 4 through 11 in Genesis, we can immediately see the effects of that fateful decision. What happens when we become our own gods and sin reigns supreme? The first story we read after Adam and Eve bring new life into the world is the story of Cain killing Abel, brother killing brother. We read about cities and towns popping up and the generations of people still struggling with sin and violence. But we also read about the promise of new life through children. We read about people with special gifts of music and attempts to walk with God again. But the efforts are small and humankind gets to a point where scripture tells us that the wickedness of humankind was great and every inclination of the thought of their hearts was only evil continually. We reached a tipping point so far the opposite way of how we were created and what we were created for, that God decides to hit the reset button and flood the earth. In comes Noah, who is the one shining light in the world, the only one God decides to save. He, like Adam and Eve, is called to work with God for the salvation of creation, to give it life. And so Noah builds the boat that keeps those remnants of creation safe. Yet although Noah was the best of the best at the time, sin still inhabits the earth, and human beings continue to make decisions that lead them away from God. In chapter 11, we read the story of the Tower of Babel. Human beings decide to make a name for themselves by building a tall tower to heaven so they will be like God. But they don't get too far. God gives them different languages so they will not be able to work together, and they are scattered over the earth, separated from each other. 
At this point, it seems rather hopeless. Is there any way for God to restore our relationship with him, to restore our relationship with each other, so that we can live the abundant good life we once had with him in the garden? I think it's pretty obvious that if left to our own devices, our own decisions, that it's not even a possibility. We're too stuck on ourselves, caught up in the power of sin, trying to do what we think is best for us, that we can't even see what's wrong. We're living life as though we're the only one that matters, that we don't need anyone or anything else to have a good life. Sin does that to us, convinces us that life is everyone for themselves, and we need to make sure we end up on top, even at the expense of others. It's into this world that a man named Abram is born. Now, Abram is a descendant of Noah. Well, technically, aren't we all? Through his son, Shem. Chapter 11 traces the lineage of Abram, so we know the family tree. His father is Terah, and Abram is born in a city named Ur, in a country called Chaldea. To plot it on a present-day map, Ur is close to where the Tigris and Euphrates rivers come together in what we know as Iraq today. Abram had a brother named Haran that died young. Abram takes responsibility for his children, one of them being Lot, who becomes a key character in the story of Abraham and the Israelites later. This isn't too important to our story today, but it can become confusing when you read that Tehran, Abram's father, decides to move the family. They were probably nomadic people anyway, but he takes them from Ur with the intention of moving to the land of Canaan. Yes, the land that God will eventually give to the Israelites, that Canaan, However, and this is where it can get confusing, he stops in Haran and makes his home there. The place they live is Haran, and the son and brother that died is named Haran. Now, the interesting thing to me, anyway, is that the word Haran means crossroads. As we shall see, this will fit the definition of our story today in every way. Think about a time when you felt you were at a crossroad in your life. We encounter them in many forms. Maybe it's a decision to pursue a particular career, and you have to decide which college to go to. Maybe it's whether or not to accept the marriage proposal someone just made. Maybe it's a decision whether or not to have children at this point in your life. I could name many others, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Think back to those moments in your life where you were standing at a crossroad with maybe two or even more different choices that would take you down very different paths. This is where we find Abram, or rather, where God finds Abram. He is in Haran, quite literally, at a crossroad. He is probably settled there and happy, content living with his family all around him. Yet life is always a struggle, but he's doing all right. There's nothing to indicate he is unhappy with the circumstances of his life as it is in Haran. Even when his father dies, it seems like a natural death. He was 205 years old when he died. The only glitch that scripture points out is that his wife, Sarai, is unable to have children. She is barren. That's such a harsh word, don't you think? Barren. It brings to mind a giant dry desert with no life in it at all and no way of sustaining life so that if you found yourself there, you'd know you wouldn't last long. Barren. Kind of a hopeless word. This is where God finds Abram living life at a crossroads without the promise that life will go on in a world full of sin and despair. God comes to Abram and speaks to him. 
He says, go from your country and your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now, when God actually introduced himself to Abram, scripture doesn't say. How Abram knew this was the God, we just don't know. We have to take it for granted that somehow he knew. And this point is important because God gives Abram this directive. And for whatever reason, he does it. God doesn't tell him where he's going, how long the journey will take, or anything other than go to the place I will show you. Why would Abram do that? He's willing to leave everything he knows, take what he has, and pack it up and go. It's a tremendous act of trust, a giant leap of faith, if you will. What reason does Abram have to trust God at this point? As far as we can tell from Scripture, absolutely none. Yet he does. So between last week and this week, we have a tale of two cities, or at least a tale of two people, who find themselves at a crossroad, making a decision on whether or not to trust God. It's interesting to note that Adam and Eve had every reason to trust God. They had walked with him in the garden, worked with him, had a relationship with him, and were loved by him. Yet when faced with the choice to trust his word, they decided to trust themselves instead. Here, Abram doesn't seem to have a relationship with God at all. He hasn't spent time with God, learning about God, knowing what it means that he is loved by God. Yet when faced with the choice to trust God's word, he does. It's quite remarkable when you think about it. But what is even more remarkable to me is that God reached out to Abram in the first place. After watching how the human race turned out, how they made the wrong decisions again and again, God still was working to make things right, to save us from our own bad decisions and restore our relationship with God once again. This story, the story of Abraham, is a story of God's grace, the story of God's never-ending, unconditional love for his crowning achievement, the ones created in his image. Grace simply means unmerited, undeserved favor. The love of God poured out on us, reaching out to us because and only because of his love for us, even before we were created, but continuing even when we wouldn't and couldn't trust him, even when we turned away from that love. We call it prevenient grace, the grace that comes before we even know about God or who God is. Grace, pure and simple, just prevenient grace. In the midst of a world that could not free itself from the power of sin, a world that kept us separated from the source of our very life, God's love reached out in a tremendous act of grace and called Abram to leave the life he was living and go to the place God would show him. In this moment in our history, humanity is at a crossroads. And our creator God is showing the path back to life, to be restored. And in an amazing act of faith and trust, Abram says yes. Abram leaves all that he knows and begins a new life, walking with God into his new future, one that will have its ups and downs, but that will change the course of human history. His story will become our story too. 
The gospel reading for this week is the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the middle of the night and asking him in so many words if he is the Messiah from God. Jesus calls Nicodemus in this moment to step into the kingdom of God and step out of his life as he knows it. Very truly, I tell you, says Jesus, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. It sounds confusing to Nicodemus, and he's trying to picture grown people finding their way back into the womb they came out of, but that's not what Jesus means. Jesus is God on earth in the flesh. He himself was born into a new kind of life so that all human beings everywhere could begin a new life with God coming back into the kingdom where we can have that loving, life-giving relationship with God free from the power of sin. His very presence is the grace of God calling us back into that relationship. He is the love of God made real. Yet, like Adam and Eve, like Abram, There comes a point in our lives where we stand at a crossroad and we have a decision to make. God made us to be able to make our own decisions, our own choices, and that includes receiving the grace he gives us each and every day. It includes the ability to decide whether or not to trust God, to have faith that God loves us and has our best interest at heart. God offers us a new life. We can choose to say yes, or we can go our own way. Now, I don't know what your relationship with God is like. Maybe, like Adam and Eve in the garden, you may have a great relationship with God, and it's been deepened over the years through many struggles and challenges, joys and blessings. Or maybe you're more like Abram. You may not know God very well at all. And with all the problems you've experienced in life, you may not have a single reason to believe you can trust God. Yet at some point, whether a person of deep faith or none at all, we all stand at the crossroads of life, just like Abram, with the grace of God calling us to live a new life, to be born again into the kingdom of God, to walk with God and trust in his goodness. So many years ago, one man said yes and left everything he knew to walk with God into an unknown future. It wasn't always sunshine and roses, but God was with him. And he did indeed become a blessing to all the families of the earth. Through him and his faithfulness, Jesus was born. So when you stand at the crossroads, what choice will you make? Will you trust God and God's word? Will you follow God to a new life, a life of hope and peace, even in the midst of this struggling world? Look around each day and see what, if anything in this world, is worthy of your trust. Love comes from God and is of God. For me... I will trust the one who loves me with that never-ending, unconditional love. The one who calls me to be better than I am on my own. The one who watches over me and fills me with joy. God called me to a new life. 
and I have never regretted saying yes. It's not always an easy journey, but I have found that new life, a life filled with the love of God. I know I'm never alone, and that brings me such peace. God found me, and God will find you too. Choose the new life offered to you by the grace of God. Trust in the love and grace of God that we find in Jesus Christ. So just take a moment to bow your head. Imagine yourself at the crossroads, hearing God's voice calling you. What will you do? Take a moment in the quiet of your heart to pray about that. My prayer is that every day, every day, you say yes to going where God will show you. Say yes to trusting God. It will be a road of ups and downs for sure, but I know that like Abram, you won't regret taking the road that leads to the love and peace of God. Let God find you. Let God fill your life with love. Be blessed to be a blessing in your new life with God. Amen.